Before I get started, I just want to thank everyone who has contributed to the crowdfunding uh, campaign that I got going on. I uh, definitely appreciate the support. Um, it's not something that I necessarily feel comfortable uh, publicizing, but there's uh, this crowdfunding link that I put up a little while ago. Um, to just sort of pay what you want. Everything's free. There's no obligation. Uh, but if you wanted to contribute some sort of funding to the uh, podcast effort, that's uh, much appreciated. That money will go towards buying a new microphone, um, getting some more audio equipment, and um, just the basic uh, you know, cost of bandwidth and that sort of stuff. In this episode, I'm welcoming back my old friend Champ Morgan. Um, he has a new band called Black Ops. He was the former lead singer for Kill the Client, a band that's uh, been around for over a decade. This episode and every episode is brought to you by Savage Gold Coffee. Um, if you're interested in checking out a good, strong coffee, head on over to savagegoldcoffee.com. Um, you can, there's three different roasts available. I back all three of them. However, my favorite is the Blue Monday, which is currently out of stock right now. Another five days, I believe, the new shipment will show up and uh, we'll be able to sell that to you guys. Big, big user of Onnit products. Every morning I take my krill oil. Strong bone. I get into the uh, Hemp Force Protein. I got a bunch of other stuff that you can uh, get from their website at onit.com. You can get there through by using the portal at the Everything Went Black Media website. Um, just check it out, click through, and order away. Also, Datsusara. Big time into these guys. Uh, I've got a hemp uh, battle pack got the uh the fanny pack anyway same way you get to on it you can get the dots of sorrow everything went blackmedia.com head on over to the portal and um there you go if there's anyone out there that is uh, looking to promote their company please reach out to me through the facebook page or you can hit me up at mike.hill at everything went blackmedia.com and we can work out some kind of uh sponsored ship you can also support the podcast by liking our Facebook page, Everything Went Black, on Facebook. And uh, also, if you're listening to this on iTunes, please leave a review. You know, give it a star rating. You can write a review. You can say you like it. You can say you don't like it. Give me five stars. Give me one star. Whatever you want. But uh, yeah, it'd be cool if I got more reviews, good or bad. Just appreciate the feedback. So uh, welcome back, man. It's been uh, it's been over a year since I've actually seen you, even though we've been uh, in contact via Facebook and uh, other social media outlets, other worldly delights and devices. Yeah. So, um, a while back, you sent me a practice tape of this, of this uh, this new band that you're doing called Black Ops. 
Yeah, that's my new thing, dude. Yeah, so, uh, so what's the deal, man? Who, who's in the band? When did you guys start playing? Like, uh, what's what's the whole uh, rundown of the band? Well, the whole the rundown of it is it's it's me, of course. Uh, I'm doing um, vocals, and then I have uh, like two different big noise rigs that I'm running through through full stacks, and then uh, um, Mark Key and Neil Barrett that were are in Clairvoyant. They're in the band with me. This is just me, a drummer, and a, and a guitar player. No bass player. That's awesome, man. Because uh, the recordings you sent were, were super raw, but I could definitely tell, you know, what was going on in the recordings. And, yeah, uh, that, was, that was that was just like just a sing, like a little digital handheld recorder in the jam room, you know. Which there's so it's so loud in there that it just kind of overblows everything, and it's kind of hard to get anything decent because. Every, basically everything we have is just you know loud as fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it sounds loud. It's natural. It's natural drums, and then the drums are all triggered, and all the triggers go to um, to noises in a processor. So it's like the drum hit natural, and and the process drum hit, and then you know Mark is a got a full stack all emperor, you know, with an orange head, and you know, and then all my. You know what we call Wizard Mountain, which is all my bullshit hooked up. It's, it's, it's hard to get. It's hard to get a good, I don't know, quote unquote bootleg recording. You know that was just us laying some shit down in the jam room. What I sent you. Yeah, it's pretty rad. So what's um, you know, I've never known you to really uh, be someone who dabbles with electronics, man. So when did that all start? Um, really, I mean, I was, I've. I've always, I've never really been into like noise stuff or like too much power electronics or anything like that. But um, I started getting interested in it through the, that band Full of Hell, you know. Oh, I know those guys. <laughs> that band fucking rips. We just we just played with them a few weeks ago, and they were, I mean, they were just incredible. And we had played with them before. Years ago at a South by show, probably like four years ago, and uh, they blew me away then. And then you know they started like, you know I, I've been listening to them since then, and uh, you know then I started like looking into like nerve alter bands, you know like Water Torture and Column of Heaven and stuff like that. It, it's just to me it's it's just trying to get away from the norms of, of overplayed music. I mean, everybody, every fucking riff that's ever written is, is already pretty much been written. I mean, people just rehash stuff. I mean, and there's bands out there that <clears throat> that can take old stuff that's been done and still blow it up and rip it out. I mean, I'm not saying that there's not any new bands that are good or anything like that. Because there's bands out there like Yaja and Cult Leader, you know, who just, like, blow minds. But... You know, we purposely purposely went into this whole thing like wanting to be and do something different, like actually going in and living by the statement there are no rules. We're just going to play what we want to play. If it sounds good, we keep it. If it sounds like donkey shit, then you get rid of it. So I had the idea about what I'm doing. I, I run a, an old-school theremin through a pedal chain into a full stack, you know, and I've had that idea, like, even back in the Kill the Client days. You know, it's, it's always been something that I've thought about doing, and I've 
briefly talk with a few people about doing. It's just I finally honestly have the money and the and the want and the need to do something different. So I just like, you know, fuck talking about it, let's do it. So I just started like putting all the things that I've had in my head together just to uh just to see if I could do it. And it's come together really well. I mean the noise in the stuff that I'm doing is uh I've never seen anybody else do the stuff that I do, make it sound the way that I sound. I mean there's but I you know, again, I'm completely like Bush League level. I don't really know shit about noise music at all. So but the people that I've seen us play are like, Man, I've never seen anybody do that and how the fuck did you think of that? Like, I don't know, I'm just sitting around running shit through my head, you know. I'm not believe me, I'm no I'm no rocket scientist at all, you know. That's probably the best way to approach it though, man, because there's um you know, people that are informed by like previous bands. Like people who are into like quote unquote noise music are probably more than a little bit influenced by some of the bands that they listen to. So if you come at it just like pretty much like, you know, from ground zero full on you're probably going to come up with, like, something very original, you know, which definitely sounds like it, man, since, you know, I, it was when you sent me those tracks, I didn't know what to expect. I just figured it was, like, you know, I, I, didn't, I just kind of listened to it. I was like, wait, there's some fucking other stuff going on in there. And that's when you, you told me that you started doing noise and blending it in with the music and stuff. Yeah, and a lot of that low end that's in that, too, is, um, is coming through. As I run a wave generator through a chaos pad into a bass full stack. Jesus. Man. And it sounds like the fucking earth falling apart, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. How do you guys fit this all? Do you guys have a big van? Like, that's a lot of gear, man. Jesus, you know? It's a, it's, it's a lot of gear. Yeah, it's a lot of gear. Um, and it's it's been an issue. <laughs> You know, it's to the point that we're, you know, we're either going to have to, like, actually either get a van or, you know, just rent trailers, the amount of shit that we have. Because we also do visuals, too. I mean, we have wow. the, all the drum, all the drums that are triggered run through a processor that runs uh, to a projector. And there's, you know, there's imagery all, you know, while we're playing that's in sync with everything that's in sync with the drum hits. I mean, so that's even more shit we got to carry. <laughs> Damn, this is like a very high tech operation you got going on here, man. And who does the who puts together all the visuals? Like, you know, what, what's the story behind that? Um, Neil Barrett, our drummer, he does all the visual stuff. I mean, we all come up with ideas and things like that and pitch at him. But he's the guy that um, that did the today. He's done videos for Today's the Day for Primitive Man. I mean, he's he's pretty skilled at putting some pretty crazy shit together, and he. He has a one-man drum pro project called Porno Helmet, which everything's triggered with images and all that. But that's, you know, it's not it's not as heavy as what we are. So we just like made it dirty, made it ugly, made it bigger, and then you know put Mark's guitar on it, and then you know me screaming like a moron and all my noise shit. So how many shows have you guys played so far? Honestly, we've only played one, but there's a lot. You know, we're starting to book a lot of stuff up right now. Cool. Um, you know, the first show was that Full of Hell show. And, uh, you know, there was people that came up that were just like, there was, there was some kid. He was, it was an all-ages show. Yeah. And this kid, it was like 17 tops. I mean, he was, you know, a kid, kid. 
and it came to me after we played, and he was like, that was the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my entire life. That was incredible. And I put my arm around him, I looked him in the eye, and I'm just like, you must have really low standards. <laughs> That's uh, probably, one of the, probably a perfect show for you guys to play, man. I mean, we just finished up a tour with uh, Full of Hell, and uh, based on, like, uh, knowing what your practice recording sounds like and having seen those guys for 20-something days in a row, that's a, a pretty logical uh, choice of bands to put together on a bill. Oh, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of that band. And, uh, you know, Dylan, he was pretty stoked on us playing it. You know, you know, he was like, well, I can't believe that was actually your first show. He's like, that seems like you guys have been playing for a really long time. I'm like, well, you know, we've all been in bands. I mean, Mark and Neil have been playing together for like 20 years. Yeah. You know, and I, you know, I had Kill a Client going and dead right there before that, you know, in the, the last, like, 15 years of my life. So, you know, we're all a bunch of grizzled old men. So are there any plans on doing a record or, uh, you know, doing, like, uh, going into the studio and recording this stuff? Yeah, actually, we're, we're heading to Houston uh, Saturday, and we're recording two songs for a split with the band uh, Crusher from Houston. And that's guys that used to be in Bowel and Pride Kills. It's their their new project. We're going to do a split 12-inch. We're hoping to, you know, get a label to pick it up to at least put it out and, you know, see what we can get going. Right on. You know, we definitely, we, we have four songs. We have we have the four songs now. There's two there's two more that we're in the process of writing right now. Um, so, you know, We'll see. We can we put stuff out pretty well. I mean, Mark and Neil have been playing a long time, and they, you know, they can. Some of the shit those guys come up with on short notice is pretty badass. So, what's uh, the status of Kill Your Client right now? I mean, you guys still yeah. together, or there's there's no status. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, it's a. Uh, I can go to God. Um, It's probably seen it's it's probably seen its days. I'll say that. Okay. I mean, how, that band was together for a while, so uh, you know, like what? It was thirteen over, years. Yeah, I was gonna say over ten years. I think you guys have been together. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, there's there's a lot of internals, you know, that have uh, created the current situation. So. I mean, there's a record. There's a record. You know, the record's been finished for two years now. So it it may it may never see the light of day, though. So well, if there's no uh, you know contractual reasons or any of that stuff going on as to why it shouldn't come out, you guys should at the very least like put it up on Bandcamp or something. You know, just so because you know I'd like to hear it. You know, and I'm sure there's other people out there that want to check it out. I, I honestly think it's some of the best stuff we ever did. Yeah, so there you go, man. You need to Technically, it's really good. Um, vo vocally, I kind of, I can't say I really changed up what I did, but I really cleaned up my vocal patterns, you know, where, like, every word was decipherable. And, you know, a lot of people in grind, you get you get stuck in, the, in death metal, too, where you get stuck in that thing where, you know, your voice is so gargled that, you, you know, you just got to kind of, follow along with the lyric sheet to kind of figure out what's going on. And, uh, you know, I, I wanted to kind of get away from that, take more of kind of a, 
Pete Benum, Barney Greenway approach where it's still big and burly, but you know, you can understand the words because you know, if you want to say, if you want to, the world to know you say fuck the cops then you know you should be able to understand fuck the cops you know no, that's a good point you know I've, I've been guilty of uh, having unintelligible vocals too so I've been trying to work on that same skill yeah and you uh, I just pre-ordered my new tunes record today so hopefully that thing will come oh dude I would have sent you at least a download of that maybe I'll send you the download anyway <laughs> and you guys are kind of changing up too. You got like an you guys are doing noise and stuff now too, right? Well, we I always tried to do noise like on my own, you know, just um, you know, either being like interludes or on their album, there was always some sort of noise. But I was never able to successfully integrate that into the songs, you know. So um, I don't know if you know Fade, but he, uh, you know, he used to play. He used to be the singer and electronics guy in this band called Patillas from a while back, a couple of years ago. Yeah, we, we, we played with them at, at South by one year, and that that band was fucking sick as fuck. I, I've never met the guy personally, Yeah, but, you know, we played with him that day, and you guys played the same show, I think. Oh, yeah, it was that day show. It was, like, at that spot, and there was, like, a ton of bands playing, and oh, that's yeah. I almost yeah. forgot all about that. Yeah, and, that, and that's the one and only time that I've ever, like, seen that dude. But, uh, because he did some shit with the body either that day or the next day, too, that was really pretty incredible. Yeah, he's somebody that I've seen around for years up here. He used to be a sound guy at CVs and, um, you know, different shows I've seen him around. Like, I've seen him around at a variety of different types of shows. You know, like, Godflesh, I'd see him. Then I'd see him at, like, you know some sort of, like, death metal type show, and, you know, he's always around, and, uh, and I, it, we only met each other about maybe a year ago, year and a half ago, when we were doing a project, sort of side project, we both got asked to be part of, and, um, so the idea sort of dawned on me, it's like, well, why don't we get someone in the band who's, like, specializes in that electronics, and, uh, I couldn't think of a better person than him, because he's a master at all that stuff, and, um, he also has another one-man project that he does called Static Bloom, which is, um, you know, pretty much like industrial, uh, you know, noisy stuff. There's definitely songs, you know, it's like a song-based sort of thing. It's not just noise, you know. Mm -hmm. He does that thing completely 100% by himself. And he's done a bunch of remixes for different bands. Like he, he did um, a remix for uh, this band called Secrets of the Moon. And uh, who's a band I, I, I like quite a bit, and um, they're from Germany. It's like sort of German black metal type band. And, oh, you like black metal? I, I had no idea. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I mean, it's been great, man, because like he's um, you know really really good at that stuff, and he's doing some uh, you know, some backup vocals and singing a couple verses here and there. So it's really added like a lot to what we do live, and you know even recording wise, it's added a lot. Yeah, I, I can't wait to see you guys. I know you guys are coming coming out on tour pretty soon, so Yeah, there's um there's a tour that I can't that it's not a hundred percent in the bag just now, but it's uh in May. We'll we'll be out on the road in May either way. Um it's just either it's gonna be out by ourselves or we're gonna be out with uh a band that's you know, definitely, you know, bigger than us that's you know, sort of getting into their crowd a little bit. Um well, that's 
Yeah, I can tell you once we're done who that may or may not be, but I, I don't want to. I don't want to talk about it on this and have it not happen and just be like, oh, oh yeah, fucking yeah. full of shit, man, fucking liar, you know. Yeah, we were we we were that way because you know we're we're playing that that decibel that decibel tour show here. Yeah. But you know, Albert's just like you can't talk about it until we give you the green light, and it's yeah. just like a month, <laughs> a yeah. month before, and it's like, dude, I'm chomping at the bit to fucking talk about this show, and he's just like, you gotta you gotta shut up, you can't you can't say nothing. That's the one with uh, with a, a bath and uh, high on fire, like that tour, right? The decibel tour. Yeah, yeah, because, like, when he, he, he messaged me about it, he was like, so tell me about this new band Dude. that you got. Because I had made a joke, like, you know, how many people do I need to kill to get on this show? But then I was like, oh, I forgot, you know, I'm the asshole that always talks trash about you. So he just messaged me privately, and he was like, so what's this new band sound like? And I was like, you know, it's like today is the day in old man gloom getting in a knife fight while listening to Mersbo and Botch. And he was like, oh. he was like, man, that sounds crazy. He's like, plus the boss fans will hate it. So yeah, I'll get, yeah, I gotta have you play. I'm just like, well, all right, well, cool, we're down, you know. Nah, that's a good, that's a good second show or whatever the hell it is, you know. By the time you guys play, that's like, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, we got a show coming up uh, before that one with that band Sumac. Oh yeah, yeah, Aaron Turner's in that. Yeah, Sumac uh, and Cult Leader. We're playing, we're playing that show here in Austin. So. I keep hearing about Cult Leader, and I, I think I need to check them out, man. Like, you're like the sixth or seventh person that's mentioned them to me. Oh, dude, of of the – oh, my God. If, you, if you've if you never heard that band – you remember the band Gaza, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's got, it, some, got some Gaza in that? Yeah, because they fired the singer because he was a fucking, you know, what, I don't even want to get into that. You know, he's a douche. So the bass player sings, They got and they got a new bass player. So – but the stuff they do in Cold Leader is like the next level up from Gaza. Okay, cool. Shit is fucking incredible. I mean, that's one of my like probably in the top three bands that have come out in the last three or four years. Wow. Well, that's that's a, a recommendation that I can't ignore any longer, champ. This shit is this shit is dark. It's ugly. It's fucking heavy. You know, like this, and they're they're fucking bad, dude. They're fucking so badass. I like, yeah. I can't, can't say enough about them. Like my probably my the top bands to me that have come out just in the last couple of years is like Cult Leader, Yatja, Full of Hell. That that would be probably my top three. Right, like Primitive Man is up there too. That band's fucking sick. Yeah, totally. Primitive Man's rad. Uh, Yatja's rad. Uh, know those guys personally. They're really cool guys too. Um, and uh, so yeah, if they're if they're like at the same caliber as those bands you just mentioned, so I, I need to check out Cult Leader. And I, and I liked Gaza quite a bit when they were around. So yeah, that sounds like a slam dunk for me. Yeah, just just take whatever Gaza did and multiply it by the gravitational pull of Jupiter. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So you were playing bass in a band too, weren't you? No. What were you doing? You had some other project going on, too. I've always tried to keep something going, but, you know, I, I live in Austin, which is fucking flaky town, USA, so, you know, everybody talks about wanting to do shit, but when it comes right down to the nut cutting, let's go, oh, I'm busy, or oh, I'll get this, you know, there's always a bunch of shit going on. 
Dude, it's like that everywhere. Yeah, I mean, other stuff I got going on, uh, me and a friend of mine that I've known since the early 90s, uh, he used to do a bunch of a bunch of noise stuff, like what Scorn used to say. He was, like, really inspired by Scorn, like, way back in the old days. And uh, he and I are going to, we got a, a little noise thing we're trying to do that I've already written some stuff for, like, big, ugly, like, soundscape stuff. Nice. There'll, be some, there'll be some vocals over it. And then um, I've been talking to a couple other people about finally getting my, my joke power violence band together. So that may happen in the next in the next couple of months, who knows. A joke power violence band? Yeah, it's uh I've wanting to it's called Dad Shorts. <laughs> okay. And it's basically just taking every Jimmy Buffett song and cutting it down to 30 seconds and uh, just making fun of that whole like parrot head Marguerite that that whole fucking human train wreck <laughs> I've always wanted to do something funny and heavy you know like I'm I'm a huge fan of, of, of that band Spaz oh yeah well they're they're legendary you know who's who doesn't like Spaz really like metal yeah Exactly. Like I've I've been in nothing but serious bands my entire life, and I think that I've got a pretty pretty good sense of humor. And I would like nothing more than to like just make a complete ass out of myself telling jokes on stage while we're blasting music at people. See, like those early power violence bands are like some of my favorite music. But I just the second wave or like the later incarnations of that style of music never really hit me that hard. You know, I mean. Capitals Casualties, Spaz, you know, Maz Bastard. Even though Maz Bastard doesn't sound anything like any of the other bands, they still get lumped in as a power violence band. But um, yeah. yeah, that stuff's always been like on my uh, you know, Desert Island playlist. You know, those, oh, that I love, love that shit, man. I love that shit. But you're right, you know, the second generation, there's only been a few bands that really came out that you know, could really do it right. And, you know, most of it, others just, you know, cannon fodder, just everybody. Because, you know, that whole thing, it's like, it's, it's like the same thing with hardcore. You know, you get stuck in, into a certain musical pattern, and it all just starts sounding the same, and it all just starts sounding cheap and just overdone. Yeah, what's even weirder is, like, there are bands out there that sound just like Negative Approach that kids would rather see the band that sounds like Negative Approach as opposed to actually seeing Negative Approach. You know, because you know they're out there touring now. Negative approach. Oh yeah, I just saw them at a at house core a couple months ago. Yeah, I mean we've played with them a couple of times, and I've seen them you know quite a few times. Man, they were on fire that night. They were fantastic. Well, I'm a big John Brandon fan in general. Um, you know, Flapping Hyenas. Uh, you know that stuff. No one remembers them for whatever reason, and and that's like. I think probably, in my opinion, like my favorite stuff he's done was in the Laughing Hyenas. I've honestly never listened to that, so. Oh, really, dude? It's, um, it's, you should check it out. I mean, it's like, you know, it's got like a bluesy kind of Stooges vibe to it with John Brandon singing, you know? Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah I'll definitely check into that. Yeah, it's like, if you, have you heard Easy Action, like the other band, after the, like one of his other bands? 
Um, I think I've heard a couple of those songs, but you know, if they were playing right now, I couldn't, I couldn't, you know, pick it out and tell you, oh, that's easy action. Yeah, well, you you would know his voice, man, for sure. You know, because that guy's got a very distinctive voice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But uh, I actually saw Easy Action in Austin when uh, one of those um, we were down there one of those years we played South by, and uh, I, damn, I can't even tell you the name of the club they played in. Some small, you know, fucking bar. They probably hold about 80 people. And um, there was some random bands on before them, and I knew that they were going on at, like, 11 or something. I just showed up, and it was, like, probably 20 people there. Um, I mean, you know, South by is crazy, man. It's, like, just shit going on, like, nonstop. You know, sometimes people are there, sometimes they're not, you know. And they, they fucking kicked my ass, man. They were so good. You know, definitely different than, you know, Native approach, they have like a blues stooges kind of thing going on too, but it was like fucking great. You know, one one of the best shows I've seen that those few days I was down there. You know, that, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna write that down. I need to check those two bands out. Yeah, so Easy Action and Laughing Hyenas. I would start with uh, Life of Crime by uh, Laughing Hyenas. That's like probably one of their best albums in my opinion. You know, cool. They're, they're on Touch and Go. You know, they're that whole you know '90s kind of vibe. Right. Yeah, it's one of my favorite shit. Yeah, we're actually kind of kicking around the idea of doing a Stooges cover ourselves. What song would you guys do? Uh, Mark's a huge fan, so he's talking about Now I Want to Be Your Dog. That's a pretty, uh, you know, pretty epic track to, uh, to you know, take take on. It's definitely yeah. got that primitive, like, raw, like, sort of vibe that might lend itself to what you guys are doing. I'm down for it. We are. We already. We, we're we're doing one cover right now live, and you know it's pretty funny. Like we we do we do we do seasick by Jesus Lizard. Oh, nice. But you know it's super you know noisy and big you know and ugly and uh, when we played that full of hell show, there was only like four people in that crowd that knew it. That you know. <laughs> Definitely, man. Yeah, like, and they're all older. Like everyone that you know came up to us like at the you know after we played, and they're like, "Oh, dude, that Jesus Lizard cover was fucking crazy." I was like, "Yeah, none of these kids in here probably even know." Actually, uh, Johnny Judkins was at that show. You know Johnny, don't you? That was it's in Rewake and uh, was in Today Is the Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in a band that was playing the upstairs venue, and. Uh, what are they called, like Omega Man or something? There's some video game type band, I guess. Hmm. I don't know, man. It sounds like suspicious. Omega Man or something. I can't, I can't think of the name of it, but there's, it's real technical, really cool stuff, but they do it to like old video game themes and stuff. Okay. They're selling lots of tickets, so, I mean, I give them, I give them that. You haven't never heard that band before. Um, I feel a little suspicious of that whole setup that you described and I'm going to say that it kind of saddens me that that's what sells a lot of tickets really like video games well you know he even he said it himself he's like I'm just going to enjoy the ride because it could all be over tomorrow yeah judging but by the way things are rolling man the whole fucking shit can come down any day man you know what I'm saying <laughs> but uh but, you know it's it's times are fantastic in this country right now yeah <laughs> But, like, uh, specific to music, shit happens, comes and goes so quickly, man, that, like, you, you know, you're probably right. It's like people forget about stuff, like, weeks later. Like, a record comes out, and, like, two weeks later, everyone forgets about it, and they're on to the next one. So, 
you know, it's because we, we live in a short attention span, uh, span society, you know. It's like everybody wants everything's like a you know like a Japanese TV show these days. You know, it's just like flashing lights, big noises, and it's over. Yeah. You know, so you just you might as well get it while you can get it. But you know, it's funny, man. Like, um, you know, I, I get real down on some of the young people <laughs> today. But uh, being out on the road with uh, the full of hell guys, and they're all they're all young guys, man. It was it was actually kind of encouraging. It made me feel pretty good that there's like some younger people out there doing interesting things you know oh yeah that we were i was joking with those dudes about that you know they were just like you know we were actually a band for a little while that was over the age of 21 <laughs> <laughs> i guess they changed bass players and that kid's like 19 or something i was like man i couldn't even imagine being in a band like this when i was 19 years old no no definitely not man yeah. It definitely, definitely gives me hope for the future that, you know, the torch will be carried on by, you know, people that really understand how this how this shit is done right. I guess that is kind of one of the benefits of the technology that's available today is that, you know, when you could be you could be 18 years old or 17 and, and find out about interesting stuff. You know, it's all like right there. Like when you and I were 18, 17, 19 years old. You know, it was almost by accident that we found out about the things that we that we found out about. You know, I mean, I would I found out from about Black Flag from listening to a college radio station, like almost by accident. You know what I mean? And nowadays, you know, there's there's probably it's easier to find things than that. You, you know, you can stumble upon stuff, but it's all pretty much there. So that's like the good and bad thing about the internet age and, you know, this connectivity that's going on. Oh, I mean, you know, when you, I mean, I, I found out through Black Flag through Thrasher Magazine, you know. I never even heard, you know, I wasn't even really into punk rock at all. When I, the first time I heard Black Flag, I was like, you know, metalhead, like Die Hard, Iron Maiden, you know, Metallica, that type stuff. Well, that, that was exactly where I was at. I mean, I heard uh, Black Coffee, and there, there was a college radio station called WXCI that was, um, they had like a, you know, metal, like an underground metal show. And then they had like a hardcore punk show. And uh, a friend of mine that was more into like the hardcore punk stuff was, uh, he was, you know, we were, we were listening to the radio, the, sh the show that he was into. And it had, and Black Coffee came on. And that was the only song at all. I mean, I could have been listening to... You know, feeders, you know, whatever, germs, that all was probably playing, but I didn't respond to it until I heard Black Coffee by Black Flag. And I was like, man, this is like fast Black Sabbath. So that is what hooked me in to that whole underworld of music. It wasn't the fact that I was into punk, you know, probably the same way you were. You know, you're probably into like Judas Priest, Metallica, like stuff like that, you know. Yeah, I mean, like the first time I heard it, you know, it was just like the most the first the first stuff I heard was my you know I, at, the, at that point in my life I lived in the panhandle of Texas which is like the armpit of hell you know it's like emptiness and uh, a friend of mine had driven two and a half hours to Amarillo and uh, bought Black Flag who's got the ten and a half live because he saw an advertisement for it in Thrasher and he brought it back and he was like I have a tape that you you have to hear, you know, it was like one of those moments in your life. And, uh, you know, I was hooked. I was just like, holy shit. I'm like, this is the rawest, most pissed off thing I've ever heard in my entire life. 
Yeah, and the difference back then, though, was, like, I heard that, you know, one track, and I couldn't find the fucking records anywhere, because there was, like, where do you go? Like, there's, you know, there was one record store in the town I grew up in, and they had, for, for the size town, I, I grew up in a small town, like, you know, out in the suburbs, and for that size town in the 80s, they had, like, Motorhead records, they had Ramones albums, you know, they had ELO and Yes and, like, all the stuff you would imagine. But they didn't have black... They didn't have, like, the SST catalog. Like, that was, like, one strata of music that they didn't delve into too much. You know what I mean? Right. So, that summer, I remember this kid, Mike Katz, who was, like, a couple years older than me. He came back from California, and, like, that winter, he was, like, a metal guy. He had, like, long hair, like, a, a blonde streak, you know, and all this stuff. And then when he came back from California, he was a punk you know, and he had cassette tapes of, you know, dubbed version, dubbed records and all this stuff. And then there was this one compilation called Let Them Eat Jelly Beans. And there was a um, a cassette of that floating around and that had Black Flag on it. So that was like the first Black Flag track I got my hands on. And then the only other record I was able to find by Black Flag was Family Man, <laughs> which like, Probably explains a lot about me as a person, but like that was the first actual Black Flag album I got was the Family Man record, right? You know, and then it just you know from there it wasn't until I actually left to go to college that I was able to beef up my my actual record collection because it was just like you know getting cassette dubs here and there and maybe having like three or four like punk rock records you know amidst all the Scorpions and. Deep Purple and Black Sabbath albums in my record collection back then. Those are good records to have in your collection. Oh, fuck <laughs> yeah, dude. I, I gotta be honest with you, dude. It's like, you know, you know the punk, punk rock was definitely more of like, um, you know, social thing. It was like, a, you know, it, it, it hasn't aged well with me is what I'm trying to say. Like, I, I can only listen to a handful of bands from those days. You know, it's like Bad Brains, Black Flag, um, you know, not not too much, man. Not too much of it has has staying power with me these days. But I can right. still I can still listen to fucking, um, you know, Killers by Iron Maiden. I can still listen to Machine Head by Deep Purple. I can still listen to you know all the Black Sabbath records and you know In Trance by the Scorpions, like Mechanics by UFO. Like all that stuff to me is still listenable. But I I can't I can't listen to like DOA or anything like that anymore. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because, I mean, when you were a kid, that, you know, that, that, that was, punk rock was just, you know, like the soundtrack to, you know, whatever rebellion you think you were part of that week. You know, it was like, my, my parents think i got to focus on my math. I'm going to listen to <laughs> you know. Yeah. But, you know, when you start look, thinking about long-term things, like the things that have actually been solid in your life musically, you know, it's always going to be like, the founding fathers, you know, it's going to be Priest, it's going to be Maiden, it's going to be, you know, Sabbath, Deep Purple, Cream. Like, I still listen to those records all the time. Oh, yeah, man. The Cream you records know, are awesome, man. So I, I really don't ever find myself like, man, I want to go dig out that Dig Will Abortions record, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's like every now and then when you're feeling, you know, getting a little crazy, you might put it on there and it's more like a nostalgic, like, trip, you know? But um, but yeah, a lot of that stuff I can't really I can't really get down with anymore. You know, there, there's definitely you know minor threat, you know, rights of spring, like stuff like that. It is is the top of that whole era of music, in my opinion. That stuff's always going to sound good to me, right? You know, but the deeper you get into it, it's like 
eh, you know, this is cool for like 1986, you know, but I, now it's just not, it doesn't have as much meaning to me anymore. I would, I agree with all of that 100%. You know what does have a whole lot of meaning to me was that fucking King Diamond show that we went to down in, in Austin as part of Fun 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 Festival. Oh, uh, one of the... One of the single greatest shows I've I've seen. Yeah, man. Surrounded surrounded by good friends, scream singing all the lyrics in my wife's face to her dismay. Because <laughs> I mean, it was all you guys. You know, all the, all you guys were here. Eli was here. You know, like the relapse dudes were here. We were like, you know, a pack of scumbags in the back, like singing our asses off. I mean, it was it was fantastic, and the show was great. Oh yeah, and man. Just. I've seen King Diamond four or five times, and that was by far the single best I have ever seen him play. Yeah, it was an event, man. You know, it was, oh, I wear those. I still I wear those shirts all the time. They were sold out of the size that I wanted to get, so I don't. I don't even have. I don't. I don't have a King Diamond shirt from that. I don't have that. It's kind of, kind of a bummer. You need to fix that, son. Well, I went to go see him again, man, when they played with, with Slayer at uh, Mayhem Fest over the summer. And uh, once again, man, I don't know what the deal is. They did decide the type of the shirt that I wanted. They only had like mediums and smalls. What? Yeah, it's fucked up. Get you get you a small and just come bursting out of it like the Hulk. Nah, man. I don't know. I don't know. That's not really my thing. But uh. But that you, show, the show in, um, in Austin was eclipsed the show that they played with Slayer, for sure, because they had, like, full production, you know, at the, the Fun, Fun, Fun Festival. Yeah, and I, I just saw, you know, like we were talking about negative approach, I just saw King Diamond at, at Housecore, and he did Abigail in its entirety. Ah, uh, see, now that's, yeah, that's pretty fucking badass. Yeah, and that's... That was probably number two. Still not as not as good as the one that we saw together. Actually, but, uh, earlier in that day, I don't know if you remember this, but Sick of It All played too. So that's kind of that whole weekend was a, was a heavy metal weekend. It was an awesome fucking time, man. Sick of It All is one of my all time, all time, all time, all time favorite bands. Oh, yeah. Like one of those, one of those bands that you can say like this band changed my life. You know, one of those bands to me was Sick of It All. Well, one of the things I like the most about Sick of It All, too, is that it's just pretty much the same lineup except for Craig, you know, and he's been in the band for 20-something years. So it's like, you know, it's it's like a lot of these bands, especially New York hardcore bands, there's like one original member and a bunch of like random guys and they use the name, you know, or they'll break it's up like, like it's, five times. It's like, you, know. you know, Integrity does that, you know. It's like how many people have been in, t in Integrity? Well... All of Cleveland has been, <laughs> yeah, has been an integrity. Yeah, definitely, you know. But Cigarette All were like, you know, the same basic people in the band, you know, with, and that that's awesome. I think that it's cool, you know. Actually, Lou was on the podcast a couple months ago, so it was really. Oh cool. no, I gotta check that out. Yeah, man, it's awesome. It was awesome talking with him, man. Like he, um, he and I, like I met him, uh, a while, actually a while ago at this point several years ago when uh, there was a comic book store we all used to go to and uh, I'd seen it pretty much on Wednesdays like when the new comics came out and uh, we just hit it off man and it's cool and he's, he's a good guy I like that dude yeah I've, I've seen them play I'm probably in the double digits now seeing Sick of It All play and every time I've ever met anybody in that band and talked to them and stuff they've, they've 
always been nothing but the single nicest people I've ever been around. Actually, Just, I, I, um, there's a piece on noisy, like a, like a sort of verbal, like an oral history of the band that I wrote. Um, yeah, I'll send you a link to it. It's, uh, and I got, I got to interview all the guys in the band and, and, uh, you know, some of the people that were working with them back in the day as far as like record labels and management and that kind of stuff. And it was like pretty cool. It was a good, you know, sort of retrospective piece on them. And, uh, yeah, all the guys were cool, man. You know, the only guy I didn't get a chance to talk to was the original bass player, uh, Richie. You know, I couldn't get in, get in touch with him. Whatever happened with that dude? Like, does he just like disappear into the the annals of time, or what? I don't know. I mean, I don't think he did any any other bands after that. But uh, not not that I know of. But uh, but yeah, good people, man. And then the day before that was uh, was Judas Priest. Oh, nice. Yeah, man. We, you were at that too, right? Yep. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, we were all here. That was one of those, you know, was when we first got to town. Yeah, you guys stayed in my place. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that was that was good good times, man. It's like, got to see Judas Priest play at 7, and then got to play our set at, like, across town in that, that uh, Elysium venue at, like, what, like 10 o'clock or 10.30 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that, that was a good show. You guys and, uh, and whores. Yeah, Horse just played up here um, last week with uh, with Fight Amp. I don't know if, you, if you're familiar with them. Yeah, Fight Amp, they're good. I like them, man. I um, you know they're they're another one of those bands sort of doing that '90s uh, you know noise rock like Amrap, Touch and Go sort of thing. And I'm glad I'm glad it's coming back, dude. I love that shit. Oh yeah, man. I mean, that's you know that's always been a big you know one of my favorite things actually after that fight amp show fight amp and horse show i got into this big tear of listening to the cows i don't know if you ever got into them back in the 90s i, I saw them open up for tool years and years and years ago and it was the worst shit i'd ever oh, heard in my entire life probably that probably has more to do with uh you know the the vent, you know the size stage and all that sort of stuff. Because I've seen, I've well, seen and, and, and they were fall, they were falling down, fucked up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they don't they don't translate to a well. I, I can't imagine the cows translating to a big stage like that. Yeah, I mean, Mark Evans, my you know, Mark Evans used to work yeah. at Nessie. Like he loves that band. Like loves that band. He's like, I just can't believe you don't like the cows. I'm just like, I don't know. I just can't get into it. There's just something about it. That's, I think it all stems from me seeing them that one time. Like, I, I actually am surprised when I find people that like them. I mean, <laughs> the opposite of what Evan says, man. I think for me, because they're definitely not everyone's cup of tea, man. That's for sure, you know. But uh, yeah, I, you know, I, you know, I'm more into like Jesus Lizard and Unsane and you know shit like that. Yeah, pretty Hammer much everything that came out of Amrap, I would at least check out. You know, like Hammerhead, like that band was always great. Today is a day, you know, got into them when they were on, on uh, Amrep. And uh, back when I lived in Boston during that period, it seemed like those bands were always playing, man. They were always on tour. Um, I got to see pretty much all those early bands, too. And um, They're like, what, Sam Blackchurch? That, that was, that, those dudes were from Boston, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, actually, my old band used to share a practice space with them. Oh, nice. They, dude... They were probably, at the time, the biggest band in all of New England. They were one of the biggest, like, underground, you know, metal, hardcore, you know, like, they would, they would, 
you know, like, like eight or 900 people would go see them. You know, they were huge shows. They played, like, legit venues in, in and around all of New England. And um, they, they were probably one of the best live bands to come out of that whole area, in my opinion. You know, do you ever see them? No, I never got a chance to see them. I mean, they were already done and over with by the time I had ever even heard of who they were. Oh, dude, they, um, again, like a band that, like, at the time when, you know, when I was, when I was living in Boston and playing shows up there, and like, you know, I mean, we played at Sam Black Church a bunch of times, and, uh, you know, sharing practice space with them, and, and, you know, they were on Tang, which was, like, at the time, a, a, a pretty legit label. I was just like, I figured like any day now they were going to get signed to a major and become as big as like Pantera or something like that, you know, because I was just like, the live show was where it was at, man. They, you know, I, I honestly, their records never really did it for me, but seeing them live, it was the real deal, man. Like that, the singer was, was fucking rad, great stage presence, all the players were, you know, they were like a tight well-rehearsed, you know, fairly technical band of, of really good players. And uh, Keys went nuts for him, man. Like, at least in New England, I never got a chance to see him anywhere else. But uh, I figured they were going to be huge, man. And then things just, just kind of, like, trailed off for him, you know. How the hell did you find out about them? How did you find out about Sam Black Church? I found out about Sam Black Church uh, through Jerry Rutherford that used to write for Metal Maniacs. Okay. Uh, he's, you know, he's a Dallas guy and I lived in Dallas forever. And, uh, you know, we were just hanging out talking and he was like, Oh dude, I was jamming Sam Black Church today. And, you know, that band's so badass. I'm just like, you know, I have no idea who the fuck you're talking about, you know? Oh, so you only know the records then? Yeah. I've only, I only know the records. And then, um, there was like a Boston hard, uh, like a, East Coast Early. Assault. East Coast yeah. Assault was that compilation that came out. It had like Marauder and Sam Black Church on it and Crown of Thorns, I think. Yeah, and there's also a, um, an early, it's, what was it called? Uh, Boston Hits Hard or something like that. And it was like 92 to like, I don't remember. Okay. Yeah. There was like a Boston comp that came out and they were on there. Yeah, that makes sense because that was kind of like their heyday. And like, then my friend uh, Carlos... He was actually from Maine. You know, he was just like, because Jerry gave me that comp, and he was like, yeah, check this out. And Carlos is like, oh, dude, Sam Blackshirt, that's the best band on that comp. And I'm like, oh, but obviously I'm ignorant because, you know, you guys are talking about it. But, yeah, that, I, I thought that band was pretty good. I, I mean, to see it live, I think, it, you know, that they may be one of those bands that, you know, transfer better live. You know, because to me, today is the day was like that for a long time. You know, like I, I really couldn't get into their records but i would go see them play live all the time because when, when they play live it's just you know so raw and yeah I, I haven't seen today is a day in at least 10 years but um i remember them during certain periods of their career being like one of the greatest live bands i've ever seen like i thought they were going to be the future of music when i saw them like on like the early tours you know yeah i mean I, i've seen them a bunch and you know kill the client we did a little mini tour with them and you know, we've played with them on a bunch of shows, and I just saw them play just a few months ago on that new record, and uh, they're great. They're fucking the, the best live I've seen them since Johnny was in that band. Okay. You know, they were Steve's in, you know, in good spirits and, you know, really was really on. Bass player solid. Got a really cool, like, 
his bass tones kind of like you remember the band 108 from New York, right? Oh, yeah, totally, yeah. That real clanky, ugly, you know, reverby. That's what that guy's tone is like. Huh. And the drummer's real young, but they were great, man. They they put on a fantastic show. I'm going to have to check it out, then, because um, i I got to be honest with you, man. I kind of haven't really d- dug most of the stuff they've done in the last, like, several years. Did you listen to the new one, the Animal Mother or whatever? No, I haven't heard no, of it. You check that one out. Best one in a long time. I didn't even know they had a new album out. Yeah, it came out last year. Because I know that Steve's doing that UXO thing with Chris Spencer, which I haven't really checked out yet either. It's good. <laughs> okay, I'll check it out. Definitely. It's yeah. it's good, man. I, I pre-ordered that. I hopefully be getting that thing in the mail pretty soon. That's on Reptilian, right? Yeah. Yeah, see, that that's cool, man. I'm glad that Reptilian is still active. Um, you ever go to the record shop in Baltimore when they had that, when that was open? Um, no. Oh, Every time we were up in Baltimore, it was always, you know, we just, we were always at MDF. Yeah. Or, it's, you know, at some festival we played, like, another festival. We never really, we never really played Baltimore to play Baltimore. You know, we were always up there at some, at some fest, so. Yeah. We never, you guys coming up from, from like that, yeah, coming up to the Northeast is, you, you very, you have to be purposeful. You know, but um, yeah, that shop was really cool, man. That was like uh, all that stuff we were talking about. You'd be able to get at that stock at that at that record store when um, you know when when Anodyne toured, um, you know we Baltimore was always on the tour schedule. Like we always played there, and uh, it always seems like we had a lot more time in that band to hang out. And like do things like go to record stores than than I do in tombs for whatever reason. You know, we always just seem to nowadays just show up, go to the venue, load in, and that's it. <laughs> but like in that band, it's like we seem we had like a lot more time to kill, so we ended up going to places like Reptilian Records. And, um, and you were also younger back then, so you had a lot more energy stored up. Yeah, yeah, I think you're probably right. You know, now you know, you're just a cranky old man, and you want to get my, my sleep, you know, and I got to take my uh, my back medication, you know, and all that stuff. But um, but yeah, I, but that, that was like one of the best record stores. We had this one guy out on out in the road with us one time who um, you know, a young guy at the time, and and we were talking about music on all the drives, and like, oh yeah, man, you need to get this record, you need to get that record, and you made a list of all these records that he had to get, and he's going to try to pick them up in like you know different cities you know like we'd go to like amoeba like in in in, in uh you know in berkeley we'd go to rasputin's in la we went to amoeba and, you know here and there and then we got to baltimore and like whatever records that kid didn't get on those other cities he found all of them at the reptilian records wow yeah and he was like the one thing he didn't find was the i bent scared uh today's the day seven inch and he's like you know, we're talking to Chris and, and uh, the owner, and, um, you know, this guy Leaf was his name. He's like, yeah, man, I found everything except for this one record. It's like the first Today's a Day 7-inch. And Chris is like, all right, hold on a second, man. He went in the back room, came back with the 7-inch, man. So they had, like, that dude runs deep with, like, noise rock. Like, he's got, you know, I mean, I'm sure it's all sold off or mostly sold off by now, but that dude was, like, the man for that whole thing. You know, Reptilian put out that first um, Mastodon, man. There was, like, that, that picture disc, 7-inch that Mastodon put out. Like, I was on, on Reptilian. Yeah, I, I have that. Yeah. 
It's probably my respect. favorite shit by them, honestly. Yeah, those, you know, that band, that's a band that, to me, like, them, them and Baroness are, are the two biggest bed shitters in, in music. Because, like, the first, like, couple of Mastodon things were just, you know, incredible. And then it was a, you know, a spiraling plane crash after that. Same thing, the first two Baroness records, the one and two, are, are great. And then it just got into, like, dad rock douchery. And there's people that love that shit, but I don't. I think it got, I don't think it went from being amazing to, to terrible at a record pace. I mean, I, I back Baroness. I, I don't, I never really was that much into um, Mastodon. Like, I thought that 7-inch was cool. Um, and then, like, Remission came out and, like, those early relapse records. And, I mean, it was really well played. And, like, I got, I got the musicianship aspect of it, you know. But, like, as far as, like, music that was going to move me in any direction, it really kind of either went over my head or I didn't, it didn't grab me for whatever reason. Meanwhile, everyone else was, like, completely absorbed by them. But, I mean, they're a great band. They're just not my cup of tea, really. You know what I'm saying? Oh, Remission, man, Remission. Woo! Yeah. That record rules. Yeah, everyone <laughs> likes it. Yeah, you like it. Everyone likes it. I, 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 I could take it or leave it, you know? Right. But, uh, you know, whatever, man. <laughs> everyone, that's what makes us all different, right, champ? We're all, we're all That's right. We, we all don't have to like the same shit. <laughs> so you were saying you were at the chiropractor earlier today, man. What's up? You, you're okay? You fit? Well, you know, I, I got I got a little traffic accident a couple weeks ago. My back and my neck are a little a little janky. Oh no, man. You okay? You getting yeah, you know, it's uh, I got a, a good friend of mine. That's my chiropractor, and. uh He's getting me. He's getting the, the old war machine fixed up. So it's gonna take a little more than what we thought in the beginning. I'm glad to hear that you're. Uh, you know, you have a game plan to recovery there. Yeah, old, old Doc Snow. He's a. You'd like him. He's a Oklahoma Sooner. Wrestled for OU. Oh, nice. Yeah, he's a. I think he's a jujitsu brown belt now. Oh shit. He's, okay. He's a big. He's a big strong guy. He's uh, pretty terrible to deal with on the mats. Actually, tomorrow is my first day back at jiu-jitsu for about seven or eight months. So uh, we'll see how uh, see how that goes. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping to get back on the mats in, in March. That's my plan right now. Yeah. It's, uh, it's hard on the body, man, that's for sure. You know, it's a great, great training, but it's so hard on your body. Yeah, I've been so busy with work, you know, and I finally changed jobs but because my old job was just terrible. You know, I, I didn't train for like two and a half years and the new job, I'm still, I'm still busy, just not as busy as I was there. I'm just trying to get all of the, all the planets to align so I can figure out when I can go in there because I haven't really rolled or, or done tie boxing in, you know, uh, probably a solid two and a half, three years since I've really been training at, at the level that I wanted to be training at. Yeah, man. It's, um, yeah, it's consistency. It's like, you know, you, you got to be able to go in a couple times at least to, to maintain, you know, otherwise, like, the whole thing just kind of falls apart, really. Yeah, I just got to get the schedule part worked out. You know, at least if I'm going to one class, one or two class, classes a week, just I got I just got to get back in there. 
Yeah. You know, just you know, you know what it's like, like, you know, hitting and kicking stuff or yeah. you know, being on the mats. It's like it's like cleansing, you know, it's not just a workout. I mean, you're working shit through your brain too, you know. Oh definitely. You know, the movement, all that kind of stuff. I tell you what, man, we got back from tour about two and a half weeks ago. That first day back was hurting, man. That was like, <laughs> I mean, I've been, I've been training Muay Thai. Like, I, like I took, um, you know, jiu-jitsu, I took a few months off or, you know, probably eight months maybe. But uh, all through that, I was, I've been doing uh, Thai boxing. But um, all you got to do is stop for a few weeks, and it's like you never, ever did it before as far as your cardio goes. That's for sure, you know. Oh, yeah, there's, there's an incredible difference between – mat and ring cardio and gym cardio like oh i'm gonna get on the treadmill for an hour uh, okay you know and then 10 minutes on the mat and you're getting ready to throw up oh, yeah, you know dude, two minutes on the mat. <laughs> it's like yeah it's brutal man but uh hey man who do you got for the, the fights this weekend we got we got a bunch of things coming up this weekend as far as like mma and fighting and stuff let's see who else fighting this weekend okay well friday is a Bellator, which has uh, Ken Shamrock, Hoist Gracie 3. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then there's uh, Kimbo Slice versus Dada 5000, which is like, uh, you know, that's more like a, a circus, you know. Yeah, that's that's some dumb shit. Yeah. Um, and honestly, that last Ken Shamrock-Kimbo fight, that, that, was a, that was a fucking sham. Yeah. That was a work. That was a, that was a worked fight. You really think that you think that that was actually a work? Yeah, for yeah. sure. Right. That's you it. Know, it looks suspicious to me, man. But that that's like a, a pretty bold statement. You know? you know as well as I do. You got somebody's back. You got your hooks in. You're fighting for the rear naked choke against someone that really doesn't know how to defend the rear naked choke. And you hold that for like three minutes, and you can't put that person out, or at least pop, you know, dislocate their jaw, you know, to make them tap or neck crank. Well, that was the one thing that and I was worst, thinking too about the, the worst, the worst escape ever. Yeah. And the next thing you know, you're getting knocked out. I mean, that's a fucking, it's a work, dude. He he did work fights in uh, Shamrock admits he had, he did work fights in Japan too. It's not like it's past that guy to do that. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely Which, looked kinky to me. Yeah. I mean, he should have put that dude, like, to sleep, sleep. And then as soon as Kimbo gets up, for, like, three minutes, he's just yelling, I have, what does he say? Uh, oh, God, I can't even think what he was saying. Oh, I have evolved. I have evolved. He kept repeating that, that line, like, over and over and over again for, like, three minutes solid. Also, was like, Kimbo looked completely out of shape, too, when he got in the ring. Uh, that guy, that guy, you know, that guy fighting people in the street is fine, you know. I mean, if that's what that guy wants to do, he needs to stay the fuck out of the cage. I know it's a way that he, he can get paid and feed his family and all that, but I've never really backed that dude in the cage because he just doesn't really do shit. And, you know, he's been proven that he's that he's an amateur at best. Yeah. You know, that's the circus. That's the circus shit. That's like... I don't know. To me, it's it's a waste of time. There's such better fighters you could put on that card that are actually worthy of the of the hype. See, that's what's interesting about Bellator, though, man. It's like they do these circus matches, but then there's also they they actually are starting to develop a pretty good roster of fighters. Because I I've been 
since I got uh, cable TV in this last year, the first time in my adult life I've actually had cable TV, I've been watching a ton of uh, Bellator events. And uh, and it's like, you know, they got Josh Thompson, they got, uh, you know, Ben Henderson's there now. And even some of the guys that they've, they've had prior, um, they got some pretty solid guys, you know. And I think having these, like, circus matches brings people in and they can watch the good fights and also watch these, like, events, you know what I mean? Yeah, they, they've got, you know, with Bellator, it's like their bigger guys are kind of terrible, but their lighter weight classes have some really good dudes. Michael Chandler. Yeah, Michael Chandler, yep. That dude's an animal. Um, the champion at that that weight. Um, uh, Will. Uh, Will Brooks. Will Brooks, yeah, yeah. That guy, incredible. You know, they got some really good small dudes over there. I, I think they just have those bigger dudes over there just to, you know, to bring in some some extra revenue, but yeah, like you said, you know, Josh Thompson's there now, Ben Henderson. There's a lot of people that are going to be a lot of disgruntled guys that are, you know, have that will have left the UFC or they're going to come over there and really make, really make that something to watch. Oh yeah, Phil Davis too. Phil Davis is one of the two hundred fivers that's there now. Yeah, he's really brought his game around. He he's looked really good. Oh hell yeah, definitely. I uh, I've been like, uh, you know, before he started out, he was just like a wrestler, you know, who would punch people, you know. But his whole game, I think, has kind of stepped up. And I think, you know, he, they had that that Bellator tournament, and he just kind of walked through that whole thing, you know. Oh, yeah. He, he, he walked through that thing like nothing, dude. His submission game's really come along, too, so. But, yeah, so I'll be tuning into that on Friday. And then uh, Sunday, there's like – it's like there's a UFC on Sunday with um, Cowboy Cerrone versus uh, Cowboy Oliveira, the Brazilian Cowboy. That fight should be good. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm still disappointed that, you know, the Dos Anjos cowboy fight didn't go longer. Yeah, I um, I know, man. I, I uh, Dos Anjos is a beast, but I, I think that on a different day, I mean, you know how it is. It's like out of ten fights, maybe Dos Anjos wins seven of them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I would agree with that. You know, Cerrone, he's got, you know, he, he can't take those those liver shots. Yeah, you know he, he, that's that's he's been exposed to that, and until he starts defending that and really keeping his mind in it, you know, because that guy's that guy that guy's a fucking machine, man. Like that guy is a fucking <laughs> that guy will fight anybody. Oh yeah, but he's got to cover that liver because the same thing is just going to keep happening. Yeah, I mean I, he's like one of my favorite guys to watch. I mean he's got such a great. Uh, stand up, but also his uh, his ground game is like he's pretty, he's pretty crafty on the ground too. Oh, he's great. He he has the worst intro music of all of them, but <laughs> but he's an animal. <laughs> fucking a man. Not everyone could be Josh Barnett, man, with his fucking intro music. Oh, and Josh, bro, I can't believe he got choked out, dude. By what's that big Ben Rothwell? Ben Rothwell. It broke my heart. Yeah. That was his first submission in the UFC, wasn't it? Uh, Rothwell or no, no, uh, Barnett. Yeah, it's his first submission loss, really, with just about anything. I mean, he's only been he's only been knocked out. I think that may have been his first submission loss that I know of. I'm trying to think back to like Pride or anything like that. If he's been submitted, not that I remember. Because yeah. the one time he was in that big tournament, he just he, he lost. He lost by decision in the main fight, and then you know he he's, he had been you know TKO'd a couple of good times. 
one of the coolest developments. Uh, also, Saturday night, there's a World Series of Fighting, which um, a promotion that I've watched a handful of fights on, but like, I never know when the hell it's on. Some nights, it's, sometimes it's on Tuesdays, sometimes it's on, you know, this weekend it's on Saturday. Like, I never fucking know when it's on, so I always seem to be missing those. Yeah, they, they don't, they're not real strong in the advertising part, and it's on like, what is it, NBC Sports Channel or whatever, it's not even like... Yeah, it's on some random network that, I don't know, something I never pay attention to. They've got a couple of okay people over there. I don't, I don't think they really have any big heavy hitters over there. No, they, well, they you know they got uh, Jake Shields is there, who I you know I've always been a big fan of his, um, you know. And then there's uh, that dude that breaks everyone's legs. Um, oh, Paul Harris. Yeah, Husamar Paul Harris, uh, who's I guess, I guess he's suspended right now. He should be. The guy's a piece of shit. Oh yeah, dude. Fuck yeah. There, there's no, I, you know, that that's total bullshit, man. And uh, what's his name? The guy that's uh, the welterweight. Um, he was a contender in the UFC. Damian Maya. One was one of his last couple of fights in the UFC was with Damian Maya, where he got just you know pretty much dominated by him. Like Damian right. Maya was on his back like the whole fight basically. Um, oh, um, what's his name? The wrestler guy. Yeah, the wrestler. He was at AKA. Um, yeah, Purdue. He was a Purdue wrestler. Yeah. Uh. I can see his face, but I can't think of his name. Yeah, he's there, and like in Justin Gagey and Gagey in that thing too. Yeah, yep, that's right. But you know, if I have nothing going on on uh, Saturday night, I'll probably check that out. You know, it's like, yeah, I'll, I'll, man. like, I, like I said, I've never had TV since I was a kid. As far as like being able to watch channels and stuff, right? So you know, it's exciting to me. I can't, I can't live without television. I'll openly admit it. I'm a shallow man. I have to have TV to occupy my time. But honestly, dude, now is probably the best time to have television. You know yeah, I mean? I mean, there's a lot of good shit, you know. New Daredevil, oh. season two is getting ready to come out soon. There's some good TV on right now. Actually, uh, I think the new season of Daredevil is going to introduce the Punisher finally. Yeah, Punisher and Elektra. Nice. So that whole storyline is starting to come together. Yep. Yeah. I like what they're doing, man. You know, I like what they're doing there with the Marvel characters on Netflix. Yeah, and new, uh, Walking Dead just started again, too, so. And, uh. That, that was a very comic book-esque episode. Okay. The way it was, the way it was filmed and the way they made it. Yeah, definitely. I've been following that for, since day one. Like, I had... I actually had the uh, the, frab, the first issue, but I recently sold like the first like forty issues of that series. And uh, I have yeah, I remember when you were down here that one time, and you're like, "I need to know where there's an auto parts store and a comic book store." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. The place that you took me, man, was killer. That that one shop that's not too far from where you live. Yeah, Austin Books and Comics. Yeah, man, that place is great. I got I can't yeah. have to go back there again. I drug my wife in there a couple of weeks ago, and she saw the, the life-size Hulk in the back, and she was like, that's really cool and everything, but how did they get it in the building? <laughs> <laughs> they probably built that in there, right, I imagine. Oh, I'm sure they brought it in there piece by piece. Yeah. She has no interest in comics, you know. I just I just had to go in there to get a couple of things, and she made fun of me the whole time. 
yeah, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's kind of uh, one of those things where you would you wouldn't think that women would really appreciate that, you know. But yeah, it's a rarity when you can find a female that actually gives a shit about comic books. But I've been reading these uh these Darth Vader comics. They're pretty badass. Yeah, I just got the trade actually um, a couple weeks ago before I left for tour. I got the trade paperback of the you know the first run, first five issues I think is included in it. And uh, oh yeah, dude. So I mean, yeah, I know you saw Star Wars. Oh yes, I did yeah. three times. Three times. Oh, three times already. Damn. Okay. Oh yeah. So I, I um I dug it. I thought it was great. I know there's people out there that don't share that opinion, but fuck it. I think it's cool. I I think I thought it was great, and everyone's like, well, it's just like you know episode four all, and like they're relaunching and they're trying to bring you know old fans back that they shit away with the first three. You know the the return of the Sith and all, like all the terrible ones. Yeah. You know, and they left it open to so much shit. I thought it was, I thought it was great. Fight scenes were great. Space, you know, the flights and all the, you know, space battles. I mean, I thought it was, I thought it was great. I think it's going to do nothing but get better. Yeah, no, I agree, man, totally. And uh, I like that they had the old school characters. I like the reveal at the end. Um, you know, I was uh, a little shocked they killed Han Solo, but I saw it coming. You know. Oh, dude, I, I almost. I almost shed a tear when that happened. Oh yeah, dude, it's a it's a you know heavy event. No, oh, dude, I got a Han Solo tattoo, and my you know <laughs> first time back in the batter's box, and my guy gets killed. It's like come on. <laughs> but um, what I liked about it too is that it was action throughout the whole fucking movie, man. Oh yeah, there was no there was no downtime. You know, it was there's always something popping off. But I think it's kind of shitty that they didn't make any. They kind of slighted the the female lead in it, you know, by not making any action figures and all that shit. You know, I think that's kind of shitty. Yeah, there's like a whole like weird deal with figures of the female. Yeah, there's none. The only the only one that they made, I think, was Legos. Legos made one. Hmm. See, that's is, um, that's a little weird. I think. Yeah, I mean, especially with the marketing power that you know Star Wars has always drawn in the, you know, in 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 that type of stuff, in action figures and toys and all that shit, you would think they would have made a fucking shit ton of that. And she's kind of like uh, the the main one. You could say she was the main character, really. I yeah, by, in my opinion, she was by far the main character. Yeah, I mean, she's you know going to be training with Luke, um, you know, she's has the Jedi spirit, you know, all that sort of stuff. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's odd that they don't have an action figure for her. I, I, I'm interested to see how, how it turns out, you know, like how and why she has such strong, you know, Jedi powers. And, you know, that's to me, that's one of the most interesting parts of this whole thing that's coming up is how they're going to tie her into everything. Yeah. And then too, with with Kylo Ren, like now that he killed Han, you know he killed his dad. You know what's his training going to be like? What that's going to be? I think they're going to make. I think they're going to make that dude that part of that story really, really, really dark. Well, that's you know I, I always like the villains, man. That's always like the, to me the interesting characters are the villains, and and I think they got a good start with that guy with Kylo Ren. And uh, you know I've never seen that show Girls because I know that that guy was in that TV show Girls. 
And yeah. So I don't have any of that stigma that some people have. Where it's like, oh, it's the guy from Girls. I'm like, well, so what? Like, I've never fucking seen that show. Yeah, I'm not going to be the one running out to watch some show called Girls. <laughs> well, that, that's the thing, man. It's like if you're a guy and you're watching that, that show, it's like you, you're like, you know, your, your opinion is about Star Wars is like, I don't put I don't put as much weight on that. You know what I mean? <laughs> I agree with that shit 100%. Like, you're not even, you know, do you even really know what Star Wars is about? Or are you just going for the trendy movie to see? Yeah, no, totally. But uh, but yeah, dug it, man. I'm looking forward to the uh, the next uh, the next three or next two or whatever, however many they're making. You know, they're saying they're going to try to put one out every year until people get tired of seeing it. See, now I'm down with that, man, because uh, like when when Lord of the Rings was happening, I was happy that you didn't have to wait too long to watch the rest of the of the uh, movies. Yeah, I mean, you got to keep people interested. And if they're filming it all together and all that, you know, plus they're doing, like, you know, Boba Fett's going to have his own movie and all that. You know, there's going to be some really cool shit coming out. Cool. I'm into that, man. Boba Fett's always uh, another one of the interesting characters, you know. Yeah, I think, what's the thing? He's the the most famous character that has less less than, what, seven minutes of <laughs> screen time in the history of, of those movies. And no lines. He doesn't have any speaking lines. Oh, I think yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I don't think he says anything in any of the movies. Well, not even in Empire, I don't think. If I'm wrong, someone call me out on that. But I'm pretty sure that Boba Fett doesn't have any lines in any of the Star Wars movies. I think if he said anything, I think he didn't he say about load Han onto his on his ship in Empire. Maybe, but I can't confirm that, man. Like one line of dialogue <laughs> or something. It, if someone else knows the answer to that question, hit me up and let me know, or leave a message or comment on Facebook for this episode. <laughs> so, um, so now let's bring it back to Black Ops, man. And uh, you know, so what, do you guys have like, uh, you know, what, what's how can people check you out? Is there like a Bandcamp page? Like, uh, you know, is there anything streaming that people listen to? Um, there's nothing streaming right now. Um, on our on our Facebook page, we have uh, four songs from the show with Full of Hell that are up. But uh, once we head, we're heading. Like I said, we're heading to the studio this weekend to record two tracks for a split with Crusher. And you know, as soon as we get those put together, we'll be putting those things up. Killer. So now, for now, the only thing that's oh, any way that people can get in touch with you is through the Facebook page, right? Yeah, that's correct. Yep. Okay, and that's just like, uh, you know, B L K O P S on Facebook. Yep. All right, cool. And nothing to do with some stupid fucking video game, which I've been asked so many times. It's ridiculous. I didn't. Oh, oh, there's a black like a black ops like the game like the shooter. I, I guess there's some kind of. I mean, I don't play video games. I haven't owned a video game since the Atari Twenty Six Hundred back in the fucking. You know, early 80s when I was a kid. You were like, oh, you guys love that video game. Like, I, I don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah. Never got into video games either, man. I know that if I did, it would be the worst thing in the world for me. Because uh, I just get obsessed about stuff like that, you know. Yeah, people are always like, well, you don't play video games? Like, no, I, I read books. Yeah. 
Exactly. I read books. I go to the gym. I, I do real things. Yeah. All right, man. So thanks, uh, thanks for coming out on this again, man. It was good talking to you, and um, you know, I'm looking forward to checking out uh, Black Ops stuff that's coming down the line. Well, hopefully when you guys come through here, man, we'll do some shows together for sure. Fuck yeah, man. Well, like I said, we uh, may be coming down there in May. That's uh, as early as May we might be rolling through town. It's I'm not sure with who because there's a, a chance that it's going to be either us by ourselves or us and supporting someone else. So, Well, you know you got a place to stay when you're here. Right on, man. Mm-hmm.